Well, thank you very much. You are listening to WETF, the Jazz Station, South Bend, Indiana. And my name is John Clark, and you're listening to the Jazz Focus. We're going to be doing something a little different today, as you probably gathered from the first two tunes. I'm going to call this Jazz is Where You Find It, and we find it today in the Caribbean, the Caribbean region. Cuba, Trinidad, Tobago, uh, all the way down there, uh, Barbados, all of those uh, fine island countries that had their own individualized musical traditions using very interesting rhythms that came from Africa. Most of these were African Caribbean, Afro-Caribbean musicians, but also from Spanish culture and Latin culture as well. And so we're going to hear a nice admixture of all of these different things that also make use of jazz, because these recordings we're going to hear are primarily from the 1930s, and they reflect a knowledge of the American popular music scene of the 1920s and 30s. And these musicians were, uh, in some cases, uh, musicians who never left the Caribbean. They may have toured briefly to the United States, but they stayed in Cuba, for example. Or they came and relocated to the United States and were entertainers here. Or, in one case, the first case, actually, uh, they went to Europe and uh, stayed in Paris and thereabouts making recordings and playing their music there. And it's uh, that uh, occasion that brings us to our first contestant. We heard two recordings by Don Barreto and his orchestra Cubane, his Cuban orchestra from 1932-1933 or so. Don Barreto was a guitar player who uh, lived from 1909 to into the 1990s, I believe. He um, went to uh, Paris in the early 1930s with his group and basically stayed there, I think, for the rest of his life. He had a long life. He was still performing up to the end. I think you can even see some YouTube videos of him from the 1980s. Uh, and he had a very distinctive guitar style, as we heard on those first two tunes, especially the first one called Tristessa. Um, you'd be forgiven for thinking that that might have been the work of Django Reinhardt, at least uh, at first uh, hearing. Uh, they were contemporaries in Paris, and I'm certain they must have known each other, or certainly Barreto must have been aware of Django. Django was a well-known figure at the time. Uh, he was beginning to make records in 1933 or so with his uh, Quintet of the Hot Club of France, thereabouts, and of course he became known as probably the most influential European jazz performer of the 1930s and even into the 1940s as well. So certainly they must have uh, known each other, and I'm sure Django influenced Don Barreto, as we can hear from that recording. So as I said, Tristessa uh, sort of a lament for a lost love was our first tune, and that was done by a group that looks uh, very jazzy in its uh, organization, certainly. We have Don Barreto on guitar, his brother, I think it was his brother, Serge Barreto on percussion, Raymond Gottlieb on piano, and Jose Riestra on bass. So a jazz rhythm section featuring solos by piano and guitar using some of these Cuban rhythms as well. Then we went to a tune that uh, featured a horn player, a clarinet player named Filiberto Rico, who also played flute on some of these sides as well. But his clarinet playing is really very, very fine um, for the day, for any day, really. But he's uh, a good technician, and he's playing a very jazzy-influenced um, take on this uh, Cuban music. And the tune that we hear second, uh, features Filiberto Rico, is Begin, Begin. And uh, that also features another Barreto, Marino Barreto on piano, along with Don on guitar, Jose Restaurant bass, Florentino Frontella on drums or percussion, and a uh, little guest session by Jean Sablon, the legendary French singer who was just then beginning his recording career. Towards the end of the 30s, the beginning of the 40s, he relocated to the United States and he became 
probably the second most prominent French entertainer in America after Maurice Chevalier. Uh, Sablon uh, was on stage, he uh, did radio, he did a lot of recordings, uh, he even did some films as well. He had a career that lasted into the 1980s. He was very influential uh, bringing French music to the attention of the United States public. So he did uh, a lot of what French music, what uh, we're going to be talking about with Cuban and, and uh, Trinidadian music uh, coming up in the earlier period. So we're going to uh, move on to a couple of bands uh, from Cuba in this next set. And uh, these bands were influential and uh, instrumental, I should say, in bringing the native rhythms of Cuba to the United States and incorporating uh, jazz into their performances, but also by uh, having other bands take some of their rhythms, particularly that of the rumba, and introduce it into jazz performance. And probably the most um, famous example of uh, a jazz musician using Latin rhythms, early anyway, was Dizzy Gillespie, who hired Chano Pozo, the uh, Cuban uh, percussionist, to play with his orchestra in 1947, playing bebop, but adding in some of these uh, Latin and Cuban rhythms, and introducing songs like Tintin Deo and many others into the jazz repertoire. Um, Dizzy, for his part, gave credit to a trumpet player uh, who uh, he played with in the Cab Calloway band about 1930-1940 named Mario Bauza. Now Mario Bauza uh, came from Cuba. He was originally a clarinet player and I believe he played in some of the national symphonies in Cuba at the time. When he came to the United States in the, about 1932-33, he took up trumpet. He probably played a little before then, but he became a very accomplished trumpet player who played lead trumpet for the Chick Webb band, for example, and about 1935, and he was with that band for several years before uh, going to the Cab Calloway band in the late 30s, which is where he met Dizzy Gillespie. And Bowser was uh, renowned among particularly African-American musicians of the day for, first of all, being a fine trumpet player, but also being an expert on uh, music from his homeland, from Cuba. And he would bring uh, Latin American rhythms and Latin beats and so forth into some of these big bands. He did some arrangements. He encouraged the musicians to incorporate some of those rhythms into their playing as well. There were other bands active in the 30s who were very well known. For example, the one that was led by Xavier Cugat, which was probably the best-known Cuban band of the day, the 30s into the 40s and 50s, and that group begat Desi Arnaz and his orchestra. Uh, of course, Desi Arnaz was known, first of all, for his song Babalu, which was a hit recording, uh, and then he married, of course, Lucille Ball and became an entertainer and a producer later on. We also have some more jazz-influenced uh, musicians from that style, like Machito and uh, people like that from the 1950s, 60s, and beyond. We're going to be concentrating on some of the earlier days, some of the, the foundation recordings of the style and how uh, Americans uh, and American jazz musicians were able to incorporate these recordings. As I said, Don Barreto uh, didn't play too much in the United States. I'm not sure he ever did. He went right to France, and he did most, if not all, of his recordings in the France, particularly in Paris. And the first two things that we heard were of that nature. We're going to hear another one right now. This is an American pop tune by uh, Sam Coslow and Arthur Johnson called Cocktails for Two from about 1931 or so. And this is a, an example of a, of a Cuban band, for example, taking an American pop tune and interpreting it in its own way, including a vocal in English. So we're going to hear Don Barreto in his orchestra Cubane playing Cocktails for Two. 
Following that, we're going to introduce Don Aspiatsu and the Havana Casino Orchestra, which I believe toured the United States in the early 30s uh, at different times. They were uh, resident, obviously, at the Havana Casino um, and uh, made recordings in Cuba as well. And it was one of their recordings, the one we're going to hear next, called Almanicero, which uh, is translated as the peanut vendor that made all kinds of waves in American pop music. The rhythms, uh, the very compelling sort of earworm-like melody uh, took the American public by storm. This was an American public in the throes of the Depression in 1932. Uh, jazz rhythms had been kind of the, the foundation of American pop music for 15 years at this point. So these uh, Cuban and Latin American rhythms became really a breath of fresh air and uh, uh, brought a lot of uh, new influences into pop music as well. There were all kinds of variations on the peanut vendor that came out of Tin Pan Alley after that. But the song itself was actually covered by some great jazz players. For example, Duke Ellington, Louis Armstrong, Red Nichols, they all had recordings of this song too, each preserving the Cuban rhythms uh, that were on the original that we're going to hear. Then we're going to have Don Espiazzo do a different tune called Lamento, or Lamento Africano, the African Lament. And on this, we're going to hear more standard jazz band instrumentation, uh, particularly from the 20s, some saxophones, uh, brass instruments, and an arrangement that could have been played by an American jazz band in 1930, certainly. Then we're going to finish up that short set by going back to Don Barreto and the session that produced Begin Begin, featuring Filiberto Rico, and this is a tune called Oh Miss Liza, much more jazzy in this case. So those are our four tunes, Cocktails for Two, uh, um, The Peanut Vendor, a.k.a. A.L. Menacero, Lamento Africano, and Oh Miss Liza. <laughs>
So there we have a nice crossover of uh, Cuban rhythms and Cuban music going into jazz. That last tune, um, Oh Miss Liza, um, is such an interesting tune that you can hear where Sonny Rollins' St. Thomas comes from with those rhythms, although I think he was uh, thinking more about Barbados at that point. But there's a lot of similarities with the different types of folk music and dance music in the islands. There was a lot of crossover as well. So we started out with two or three actually kind of big band performances. The first one by Don Barreto doing Cocktails for Two, which featured some solos for trumpet and tenor sax, along with his own guitar, which really is the star of that performance. Um, then to Don Asbiazu with his uh, versions of The Peanut Vendor and Lamento Africano. We heard some very fine uh, playing in there and some soloing, some saxophone and uh, other different jazz-related instruments as well. And then we finished up with Oh Miss Liza. In addition to that fine clarinet by Filiberto Rico, we heard some excellent piano by Marino Barreto, of course, Don Barreto on guitar, and even some slap bass by Jose Riestra, sounding like a, an old New Orleans bass player in some ways. So some very, very interesting and very uh, danceable and fun music from the Caribbean region that uh, utilized a lot of the American jazz instrumentation, a lot of, a lot of good uh, uh, development and, and, and cross-pollination of styles here. So now we're going to go to a slightly different place. Uh, we're going to go to the islands of Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, the next set will be centered around the persona of a singer named Sam Manning, who was... Um, uh, I believe from Trinidad. He was in about 1899. He was born. He was a vaudeville entertainer who came to the United States and actually periodically went back to Trinidad. He went back and forth. Uh, but he performed a lot for the transplanted uh, Trinidadian and uh, larger Caribbean community in New York in the 1920s. He made a series of recordings. They've been released on two CDs by Jazz Oracle. And these have a lot of jazz influence and more than a few jazz players on them as well. And uh, we're going to hear a small selection of these right now. Sam Manning was a, a very uh, energetic and uh, obviously a very theatrical singer who uh, had absorbed some of the jazz and blues uh, developments of the 1920s. He started recording in about, oh, what year was it? About 1924, I think. And... Uh, did his thing throughout the 1930s as well. We're going to start with a tune called Lignum Vitae, and this is credited to Sam Manning, but I think it was a, a traditional song. Uh, there was a very large Trinidad and West Indian community in New York. Uh, there's a tune that we're going to hear at the uh, towards the end of the broadcast, I think, called uh, West Indies Blues, and uh, that was a pop tune in the 1924-25 time period about the longing to go back to the West Indies. And uh, that was recorded by a number of American jazz groups, Armin Perone, Clara Smith. Uh, but Sam Manning was a, a, a star in this community and uh, did many, many performances in the New York and greater New York region for this audience. And these records, which were probably released in the race uh, category, many of them were done for the OK label, uh, and they were in the... 65,000 series. They uh, were aimed, obviously, for the ethnic audience, the uh, West Indian audience, as it were, in the United States. I believe they were also distributed back in the West Indies themselves, and they were reasonably good sellers because Sam Manning was given a lot of opportunities to record. 
And this Lignum Vitae is a traditional tune from uh, that area. Literally, it's, it is a piece of wood uh, that uh, comes from a tree that's supposed to have health-giving properties. If you uh, brew a tea from the bark of this wood, it's supposed to have all kinds of good things, uh, from curing coughs and hiccups, I suppose, to, uh, believe it or not, having... Uh, properties of, of birth control and abortion. Uh, if women were supposed to have brewed teas from this to prevent pregnancies or to terminate pregnancies. And this song that Sam Manning sings kind of refers to that as well. Um, he's also talking extensively about tea, and I think there's a, a further layer of um, humor on this as well, because tea, of course, in the early 1930s, mid-1930s, was a synonym for marijuana. And I think uh, there's some sexual innuendo here as well. So it's a very layered song. Um, but it also has some good uh, jazz playing as well. This is a tune uh, that Sam Manning recorded, accompanied by the Cole Jazz Orchestra. And it's possible that the Cole referred to is Rupert Cole, who was an African-American, actually a, a West Indian African saxophone and clarinet player, who played with a number of big bands in the 1930s and 40s, including Don Redmond's and Louis Armstrong's. And it is perhaps he who's playing the clarinet solo on this next tune. We may hear him on saxophone in a little while as well. In addition to him, we have, uh, at least we think we have, uh, Gerald Clark on guitar, Lionel Belasco on quattro, uh, Sam Manning, of course, singing and doing some percussion, and also possibly Porter Granger, who was known as a uh, songwriter and uh, Bessie Smith's accompanist for a while on piano. So we're going to hear this Lignum Vitae, which was recorded. This was not a, an okay recording. This was a Columbia recording from September 21st of 1925. And then after that, we're going to jump over to the Barbados Blues, also by Manning, with a similar group with Porter Granger, probably Rupert Cole on sax, another clarinet player, Gerald Clark on banjo. And this was done at the end of 1925 for the okay label. Then we're going to hear... Two interesting recordings that I like particularly. These were done uh, for OK in 1927, and it is Sam Manning accompanied by Adolf Thensteed's Mentor Boys. And these feature a clarinet and a saxophone. The saxophone player, is a, we think, is a man named Cyril Monrose, who um, recorded with a number of Trinidadian and West Indian bands at the time. Gerald Clark on banjo, Manning again singing and doing percussion effects, uh, Adolf Thinstead on piano, Thinstead, I should say. And the clarinet player is a remarkable player named Walter Edwards, who had been recording back to the early 1910s uh, in uh, a Trinidadian band called Lovey's Serenaders, which uh, toured the United States in about 1911, 1912, and they were making recordings of um, traditional and, and, and dance-oriented West Indian music that actually sounds in a lot of ways very similar to the music that James Reese Europe and his Clef Club Orchestra were playing about the same time. So some interesting ideas about how jazz came about with that. So we're going to hear two tunes by that group, featuring especially Walter Edwards, a very fine clarinet player. Um, we're going to hear Bongo, and Pepper Pot. Pepper Pot is by Sam Manning. Bongo is a combination of Sam Manning and Porter Granger. And then after that, we're going to go back a little bit to a tune that Manning recorded uh, with an all-white dance band, the Fred Hall's Orchestra uh, for Paramount in 1924. Um, this was a group that... Uh, featured, well, it included at any rate, Fred Hall as the leader on piano, Albert Russo on banjo, Joseph Mayo on percussion, possibly Tom Emerson on violin, and possibly Carl Edlund on saxophone. And this is called the African Blues. Don't know who wrote this. It could have been Sam Manning. He sings on it, of course. Um, 
have to uh, make allowances for the time period with some of the lyrics, but uh, it's definitely a, a piece of its own history here and is an interesting example of how, uh, at this early period, these West Indian singers and uh, uh, immigrants to New York were making their mark on the American entertainment industry. So those are our five tunes today. We have Linda Bittai, we have Barbados Blues, Bongo, Pepper Pot, and African Blues, all featuring the singing of Sam Manning. The doctors were going wild down in Trinidad, down West India Isle. The children are getting killed, and a wedding is something new. The girls have found a remedy that grows on the virgin tree. The constitution is called a link of spicy. Sleeping 
I've got a homebound feeling. Oh boy, I could shout right out with joy. Just a patch of land surrounded by the deep blue sea. It's so mighty grand, but it's all sweet home for me. My Barbados, little old Barbados, goodness knows I've got that Barbados.
ربك هتنفع له قال لم نوك الدواء لا ورنوك الدواء نعم استاري Get up. 
there we have some very interesting West Indian jazz by Sam Manning from Trinidad. So we started out with um, Lignum Vitae, as I said, uh, that uh, had all kinds of layers of meaning on it. Featured some fine clarinet playing, I think, by Rupert Cole, who may have been the leader of the band as well. And then we went on to uh, the Barbados Blues by a similar group, uh, featuring some very prominent banjo in there by Garrett Clark, and uh, gives a nice sort of 20s, 30s feel, even uh, to music from a different culture. So a lot of good blending here. And then we had those two tunes from 1927, uh, Bongo, uh, excuse me, Bongo and Pepper Pot, featuring the clarinet of Walter Edwards and the saxophone of Cyril Montrose. Um, very fine players both, but Walter Edwards especially, who must have been uh, getting up in years at that point. He was, uh, as I said, touring the United States in 1911-1912. I think he was born about 1890, so... 37 or upper 30s, 40s, that was old for a jazz musician at that point. But those are really excellent recordings uh, of those tunes featuring Sam Manning, of course, but some very, very interesting clarinet playing done for the OK label in 1927. Then we finished up by going back in time a little bit to 1924, and we heard the African Blues, Sam Manning accompanied by Fred Hall's Orchestra, a very 20s-influenced uh, dance band, obviously influenced because they were in the 20s, and uh, heard a nice combination there as well. So we're going to finish up this program with two sides that were recorded in the late 1930s by yet another West Indian singer, a man named Jack Sneed. Jack Sneed and his Sneezers, this is called, and uh, we're going to hear two tunes. Old Chris, which is uh, a take on the, the traditional uh, song Christopher Columbus, which you might know from the Fats Waller recording, among others. And then we're going to finish off with that tune that I mentioned earlier, the West Indian Blues, which had been very popular in about 1924-1925. Also called the West Indies Blues, by the way. And this band, backing Jack Sneed, is essentially uh, part of the John Kirby Sextet. It seems like we refer to the John Kirby Sextet quite a lot, but that band had such fine musicians, they could fit anywhere. And we're going to hear Charlie Shavers on trumpet, Billy Kyle on piano, John Kirby on bass, and O'Neill Spencer on drums with an unknown guitar player, so it very well might have been Jack Sneed himself, who knows. So we're going to hear those two tunes, both recorded for Decca in 1938 and 1939. So before we do that, I'd like to thank you again for joining us. My name is John Clark. This is the Jazz Focus, and you're listening to WETF, South Bend, Indiana, the Jazz Station. If you like this sort of music, please take a listen to my podcast, The Jazz Focus, which you can find on anchor.fm. Also Spotify, different platforms as well. So hope you're enjoying this, and uh, we have lots more jazz to come. This has been called Jazz is Where You Find It, the West Indies, and uh, we'll probably have some others in this series. I'm going to be doing one on Australia coming up as well. So once again, thank you, and listen to Jack Sneed and his sneezers. Old Chris said, what shall I do? My friends all say my mind's unsound Because I say the world is round I think that I'll go to the land of Isabella and Ferdinand Now in those days there was no train So he took a ship and sailed for Spain The first to greet him as he sailed in was Ferdinand With a pint of gin The queen she brought a cup of tea Soon they were high as they could be the king, he looked on hip and green, so old Chris sat and jived the queen. 
he didn't drive a very long, but he surely must have jived as strong. For in 15 minutes by the clock, the queen had all her jewels in hock, so Chris could get himself a ship. That's how we know old Chris was hip. Now the king's chief spy, a sly old thing, just couldn't wait to tell the king. Ere the king could put old Chris in jail, Columbo and his crew set sail. In 40 days and 40 nights, there were 40 wholesale drunks in fights. Chris said, men, now stop this stuff, or else I'll start in getting rough. Now the crew said, Christopher Columbus, this is our own private rumpus. If you don't like us, you can lump us. Peace, cried Christopher Columbus. Soon he heard some feet of patten. Chris said, that must be Manhattan. That's where folks all pat their feet, especially on 52nd Street. Port parked his tub, took a cab to a Harlem club. He listened to the cat swing out till four, said he, I'll sail the sea no more. For he knew the world was round, oh, no more land to be found, oh. That navigating, syncopating Christopher Colombo. Got my trunk and grip all packed, steamboat I'm going take her. Goodbye, good old New York town, I'm going to Jamaica. I'm going home, won't be long, I'm going home. Sure she born, I'm going home, won't be long. Cause I got the West Indian blues, man, I got the West Indian blues. I done left my bestest job, running hella with her. I tell the boss that I'll be back sometime sooner or later. I'm going home, won't be long, I'm going home. Sure she born, I'm going home, won't be long. Cause I got the West Indian blues, man, I got the West Indian blues. When I get on the other side, hang around the water. Make my living as sure she born, diving after quarter. I'm going home, won't be long, I'm going home. Sure she born, I'm going home, won't be long. Cause I got the West Indian blues, man, I got the West Indian blues. When I get on the other side, get myself a carriage. Get myself a monkey gal and have a monkey marriage. I'm going home, won't be long, I'm going home. Sure she born, I'm going home. Won't 
belong Cause we got the West Indian blues Man, I got the West Indian blues Now man, you eating peas and rice You think you eating something But man, you ain't eating a plastic thing But monkey hip and dumpling I'm going home Won't be long, I'm going home Man, sure she born, I'm going home Won't be long, cause I got the West Indian blues Man, I got the West Indian blues Now I don't like this New York town It's getting too outrageous Every time I go to the zoo I see my folks in cages I'm going home Won't be long, I'm going home Georgie Bond, I'm going home Won't be long, cause I got the West Indian blues Man, I got the West Indian blues Yes, man, man, hi! Hey. 